Hello and welcome to the Daily Claims Podcast, where we talk about life as an insurance adjuster from the perspective of property, auto, liability, and workers' compensation adjusters. My goal is to bring interesting topics in the world of claims adjusting to people who are working as an adjuster now and to people who are considering a career as a claims adjuster. So today I want to talk about a story that popped up yesterday, actually June 7th, a Florida court clears the way for video recording of adjusters damage inspections. So this is an interesting topic. I have never been videotaped to my knowledge while conducting a uh, an inspection on a first party or a third party claim. Now for those of you who don't know, uh, I've been working in the field here since 1996 as a multi-line adjuster. The bulk of my career leaned uh, more heavily toward property only because uh, first-party property claims are more prevalent than third-party liability claims. And now I specialize only in third-party claims. During my time as a property adjuster, I would inspect homes, businesses. Later in my career, it was primarily large loss commercial type claims. I can't imagine a scenario where someone would shove a camera in my face during an inspection on the commercial side. It's kind of a different environment. I can actually imagine it on the homeowner side because uh, I've dealt with some emotional policyholders and some public adjusters that were a bit difficult to deal with. As I said, I've, I've never been videotaped to my knowledge. And my first thought was that if someone were to shove a camera in my face uh, when I entered a property to do an inspection, it would probably annoy me. But I think that's human instinct. I think if someone walked up to you in the street and shoved the camera in your face without your permission or without, without asking you or telling you what they're doing, I think most people would be more than a little annoyed. So I think that would probably play out similarly in the context of an adjuster at an insurance inspection. So I guess let me examine why a homeowner might do this. Um, My guess is it would be at the prompting of a public adjuster that was giving bad advice, but it may be because they had other experiences with adjusters who did a bad job, or I've heard about adjusters that not only did a bad job, but were also confrontational. Or I've heard stories about adjusters who have actually uh, made physical contact with a policyholder in some manner, which is never okay. And it may be that that policyholder is recording the scenario just to protect themselves because of a bad experience, which I totally get. I understand that. In other cases, it may be because they are seeking a gotcha moment and they want to catch the adjuster making a mistake of some sort. It doesn't take long to search on YouTube for videos where roofers and public adjusters are questioning the company adjuster into a corner and becoming argumentative in an, in an attempt to make the adjuster look incompetent or as if that they are trying to somehow skew the claim or uh, take advantage of the policyholder or reduce the claim unfairly. Those videos are out there. And my guess is that in most cases, if someone's holding a video camera in your face, that's probably their goal these days. But I don't know. In any event, Florida said that you can do this legally now. And and I, I kind of feel like that's okay. If that were to happen to me personally, I think my reaction would be 
to take advantage of it. Use it as an educational moment and treat it as if you were making an educational video. It can be tough if, if there is an adversarial and confrontational attitude taken by the policyholder or the public adjuster or whoever's there with you on the claim. But what a lesson that would be to you on uh, soft skills in dealing with adversarial people. I would say that this job as a claims adjuster, whether you are property, auto, general liability, or workers' compensation, chances are you're going to have adversarial interactions, I would say, on a daily basis. Yeah, on a daily basis, for sure. And the more adversarial interactions that you have, the better equipped you will be to deal with them. Now, if you're the type of person that can't get over those adversarial interactions and it's too much for you to deal with mentally and you're going home at the end of the day stressed beyond belief and you get up in the morning and you don't want to go to work because of these adversarial interactions, this might not be the job for you, frankly. But if you can push through them and learn how to deal with the adversarial interactions, you'll be a stronger, better person at the end of the day and you'll be a better adjuster. Dealing with adverse situations is a skill that you have to develop over time. And when someone is in your face yelling and screaming because they have a disagreement with you, it's important to deal with that situation with as much grace as you can muster and certainly as much professionalism as you can muster. And the more you expose yourself to those situations, the easier it will get. And having a camera in front of you is one of those situations where you may actually be able to watch yourself and see how you react to those other people. So I would, I would certainly make several requests throughout that recording for a copy of that video. Whether or not you're entitled to it legally, I don't know, but my instinct tells me that it would be wise to make a request for a copy of that video several times throughout the video. Chances are that video is going to be edited or redacted in the event that it's going to be used for, you know, sensational YouTube video or a court proceeding as evidence. And the more you ask for a copy of the video, I think the better off you will be. And remember that this video is likely not going to be used to promote you or your company as great organizations and people. Rather, it's probably going to be used as evidence against you. So keep that in mind and watch what you say and what you do be as thorough as you would ever be. It's difficult to complete an inspection when there's animosity among the parties. This reminds me of situations where a policyholder or public adjuster will follow you around. And this has happened to me several times, and here's how I handle it. But what I'm describing to you is a situation where a policyholder or public adjuster, they're following you around, pointing out everything before you have a chance to even you know, get your scope notes done. And in the process of interrupting you over and over and over, it's very easy to miss the big items because they're distracting you. It's a distraction to have someone constantly poking at you and uh, bringing you over here and uh, grabbing your attention over there. And you need to take control of that situation and explain to them, look, let me do what I have to do first because what I have to do is foundational. To this inspection. I have to get the basics down first, and then we can talk about the minute details after. 
And if there's anything I miss along the way, we can discuss that when I'm done with my sketch and when I'm done with all my notes. And then we'll have a talk about it. That usually works. It usually quiets them down so that you can do what you have to do. Oftentimes after a polite conversation like that, they'll leave the room or the house until I'm done. And then when I'm done, I'll invite them back in and we can have a conversation about all of the damage in each room, area, whatever, and the full scope. And you know, it doesn't mean we will solve any disagreements afterwards, but if you're a first party property adjuster, your main goal is to be as thorough as possible. You don't want to be the the person that runs through with with your cell phone snapping a few photos and then leaves the property without proper documentation, proper note taking, and without seeing all of the damage that you really need to see and document. Another example of a an adversarial situation that could pop up with a policyholder is a situation where, and this has happened to me once or twice in my career, a situation where the policyholder kind of refuses to cooperate with you uh, during the inspection. And what I mean is, this is the story. I went into a property, uh, knocked on the door, they invited me in, and I, I asked, okay, would you like to show me where the damage was? I knew this was a water damage claim. It sounded like a plumbing issue of some sort. The guy said, I'm not going to show you where the damage is. That's your job. Your job is to find the damage and write the estimate. <laughs> so I said, well, yeah, okay. Uh, it would probably be more efficient if you could show me the room where this damage originated, uh, assuming you know where that is. And his response was, you have access to my entire house. Do your job. Well, that was pleasant, wasn't it? So, so I did. I went through every room in that house. I measured every room. I diagrammed the entire house. I took photos of every wall, floor, and ceiling in every room. Eventually, I found an area of uh, mold and rotted drywall around the tub surround where there was some tile. The tile grout had deteriorated and allowed water to seep through and the wall was soft there. And I went down to the basement and found that some of the water had leaked down through the flooring and the floor joists and there was uh, I don't remember if there was rot there but it was definitely black and covered in mold you know typically that type of damage wouldn't be deemed sudden and accidental it looked like a long-term situation and I'm not going to get into the coverage uh, points about that for this discussion but the the point is that uh, that person either knew uh, this probably wouldn't be covered and was mad about it and decided he was going to somehow take his pound of flesh by refusing to cooperate at the door. But, you know, I went on my way and I did what I, what I needed to do. So an inspection that should have taken, you know, 45 minutes or so took about two and a half hours because I had to inspect the whole house. So that's an example of a situation where it's a passive-aggressive type approach that a policyholder might uh, attempt with you. You have to watch out for that stuff. And if you're the type of person that gets angry easily, I think I would caution you to learn how to control that as best you can because it can be a kind of a game for some policyholders and especially public adjusters to goad a claims adjuster into getting angry because they can take that anger and they can go back to that adjuster supervisor and they can say things like, you know, where'd you find this guy? You know, this guy's a loose cannon. We were just having a conversation and he started yelling. 
You don't want that. You don't want that going to your superior of in any way. So be professional. If you sense that an argument is about to begin, do your best to, to shut that down and politely say that these issues that we disagree on will be under review and always defer to you know your supervisor or if you're an independent you can defer to the desk adjuster who will have the final say on coverage getting into coverage conversations at the site is probably not the best uh, way to go about it because those coverage you know detailed coverage decisions really need to be made in the office when you have the evidence before you in writing and in photographs and the policy also in front of you and you can really compare and think about what you're looking at in terms of coverage. And if there is a coverage question that you identify while you're on site, you should be taking a non-waiver agreement. Uh, and I'm not going to go into all the details of a non-waiver agreement here, but uh, that's an important, it's a, an important consideration is to um, make sure that you understand what coverage issues you may be looking at while you're there. Certainly, you, you are certainly free to mention those to the policyholder and say, hey, look, so take my mold example. Let's imagine I'm an independent adjuster. I could say something like, look, I see a lot of mold here and a lot of uh, what appears to be long-term wear and tear and rot. And I don't have your policy document right in front of me to be able to study it. But in general, I think that kind of damage may not be covered. So I'm going to report this to your insurance company and they'll make the final decision as to whether or not it's covered. Does that sound fair? So that's a pretty good way to handle that. Now, they may disagree with what you say about mold and rot, and they may say something like, well, why do I buy insurance, or what's insurance for? Or what? You, you don't have to get into those philosophical insurance conversations with them. You can simply say that, look, I understand what you're saying. I will report that to the carrier as well, and they can take that into consideration when they make their coverage decision, but that decision is not for me to make. I'm here to document the damages and report it to the desk adjuster. Okay, so that is if you are uh, an independent adjuster. What if you are the uh, staff adjuster, and ultimately it will be your job to determine coverage? I would still take the same approach. I would say, look, what you have here appears to be mold and rot, and typically those two types of loss or damages are not typically covered under a homeowner's policy. Now, I'm not going to make a final determination here just yet. I have your policy with me, uh, but this is not the setting to make a coverage determination. This setting is for me to document all of the damage and to make a determination as to the cause. Later, I will go back and study the policy, and I will compare that policy to everything that we learn here today in our inspection. And if there's a coverage problem, I will call you and I will explain it. If you're the person that is going to be making the actual coverage determination, uh, that's the best way to handle that. Now, if all this transpires with a video camera in your face, uh, all the better, right? Because um, you are being professional and you're explaining that this may not be covered. You're you know, informing the policyholder so that they don't have any surprises if when you go back to the office, a disclaimer is eventually issued. They will have at least some prior knowledge that a disclaimer might be coming. 
They might, you know, decide that you're completely wrong and they're going to get a public adjuster and or an attorney and they're going to sue everybody. That's fine too. So coverage decisions can't be taken lightly. And uh, I would not want to be on video making a blanket coverage statement about what I'm looking at. Save that for back at the office when you have the time to have uh, to, to draft a properly constructed and thought out coverage letter. Because if you, if you say the wrong thing in a video conversation, a video recorded conversation, uh, that, that could cause a situation where you may be stopped from exercising exclusions that would normally apply. So in summary, I, I don't believe that policyholders should be legally prevented in any way from a video recording of the adjuster's inspection or of anything the adjuster says. I mean, we take statements from a policyholder all the time. Why shouldn't they be allowed to effectively take a statement from the adjuster? I don't believe there's anywhere in the policy that that is addressed. There is a cooperation provision requiring the policyholder to cooperate with the investigation. And if the insurance company requests a statement from the policyholder, they they have to comply with that if they want to have coverage. But there's no there's no requirement on the insurance company to provide um, a recorded statement of the adjuster to the policyholder. Now, if it gets sued, the chances are the adjuster will be deposed at some point, and uh, it's allowed. There's no there's nothing in the policy to prevent that from happening. So a re- recorded interaction with the adjuster, I, I just can't see, and I'm not an attorney, but I can't see any legal grounds to say that they shouldn't be allowed to do at, at most, it's annoying. And as I said, if you're a person walking down the street and a stranger comes up to you and pushes a video camera in your face without any explanation, that would be very annoying. And, and uh, okay, so this is not legal advice. Each state has different laws relating to video recording. So is it illegal to video record someone without their consent? Well, Florida has said that if you're a claims adjuster conducting an inspection, it is not illegal. There's a doctrine called reasonable expectation of privacy, and there are places where you should expect to have privacy, such as a you know bathroom, washroom, your bedroom, your own home. Um, those are, are places where you should expect that you're not going to be recorded on video without your permission. Now, what if you're walking down a public street? Well, it depends on the state. There are one-party consent states and all-party consent states. A one-party consent state requires that at least one person in the interaction is aware it's being recorded. Uh, That's all you need. So, in other words, if there are two people talking and you're hiding in the corner videotaping them in a one-party consent state, that won't fly. In an all-party consent state, that won't fly either. In an all-party consent, everybody in the interaction needs to be aware that they are being recorded. So let's let's cover some of the um, some of the examples. So a public space with a video recording and no audio is that allowed in a one-party consent state? It is, and it is also allowed in all-party consent states. So what about public space audio recording? 
public space, like you're in a public park, is it, are you allowed to record audio? In a one-party consent state, yes, unless there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. A public bathroom, for example, you would have a reasonable expectation of privacy in a public bathroom. What about an all-party consent state where everybody needs it? In a public space, yes, uh, you are also allowed to record in an all-party consent state unless there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. Now, how about in a private space? Let's say you are in, um, let's say you're in your own home. In that context, in, in a one-party consent state, only one party to the interaction needs to consent to the recording, not both of them. In an all-party consent state, in a private home, if you're going to record, everybody in that recording needs to consent. A lot of questions arise as to whether or not you're allowed to record police. So in either a one-party consent state or an all-party consent state, you are allowed to video record police when they are working in an official capacity. This is a First Amendment right. And they cannot, uh, they cannot take your device or delete your videos. But you can't do this when you're trespassing. So don't trespass on private property when you're doing this. And don't obstruct law enforcement, okay? And I'm not encouraging you to do any of this. I'm just kind of laying out what the rules are in the context of this discussion uh, with claims adjusters. So in an all-party consent state, meaning everybody has to consent, in which Florida happens to be one of those, in any other scenario, if a person was in the home and the homeowner began to record them, they would not be able to do that unless the other person consented to the video. So Florida has decided that uh, that homeowner can record you now without permission, without your permission as the adjuster. I'm looking at the list of states here that are all party consent states. They're a minority. And I'm gonna say we've got Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Maryland, DC, Florida, Michigan, Illinois, Montana, I'm sorry, Missouri, uh, Montana is on the list, Washington State, and California. And then there are mixed consent states. I'm not going to go into that. Those are Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, and Connecticut. All the other states are one-party consent states. I happen to be in New York. We are one-party consent. New Jersey is a one-party consent, uh, but Pennsylvania is all-party consent. So that about wraps up the topic of video recording of adjusters in Florida. Hope this was interesting for you and uh, stop by again. We'll have another chat coming up soon. Thanks for joining us again on the Daily Claims Podcast, where we talk about life as an insurance adjuster. I'd love it if you'd subscribe today and tell all of your adjuster friends to check this out as well. If you are in need of adjusting services, please visit www.auten.claims. And if you're interested in working as an independent liability adjuster, go to www.auten.claims FQS and scroll down to the bottom. There's a skills assessment button there and you can fill out all your information and I will get back to you right away.